So if you could be here around nine, that would be great. Okay. Well, listen here. Hello, and welcome to 90 Day Fiance MK. I'm Mr. O, and today, Ms. H and I will be discussing season four, episode six of The Other Way. In this episode, Nicole and Mahmoud argue some more about clothes. Osama has some cheesy flowered, flowery poetry to greet Debbie. Johan apologizes to Danielle, but she still thinks he has more to work on. Jen gets in on some wife training. Chris has some bad news for Jamie about their wedding date. And we learn a lot about phalloplasty from Gabriel and Isabel. As always, we'll end with our students of the week, class dances, and life lessons. If you also watch Love After Lockup, you should listen to our other channel, Love After Lockup MK, where we are covering the new season of Life After Lockup. All right, thanks for listening. Stay safe and enjoy. Mr. O. Hello, Miss H. How are you today? Uh, not too bad. It's still light outside, so that's something. I know. Uh, I like that a lot. Makes yeah. you feel like summer's just right around the corner. Yeah, sure. It makes it makes practices after school a little bit easier, but like not coming home in the dark is always a little bit nicer. But um, let's just jump right in. I'm going to start with the shortest one because we had Debbie and Osama finally yeah. meeting, but that was it. That's it. So let's kind of go into it. So we start with Debbie and Osama meeting at the airport. She's all smiles in the airport and it says she's ready to sprint to him uh, and he's ready for his teammate to show up outside. So she really wants his reassurance after all the doubt that Julian put into her head. So she says that her timeline for marriage is that she'd like to be married within a month. But we kind of know from last episode that is very much not Osama's plan. <laughs> so when they do meet, they have a big hug. They don't kiss, which isn't surprising. We've had, you know, people from this part of the this part of the world be like, no, no public displays of affection. And then they just kind of look at each other and say, like, I love you, and make googly eyes. And of course, he tries to make say and he appreciates her in the most flowery language possible, which she finds totally endearing. So he says that she's like a son and his angel and you know, the world weeps at the times of the light of dew on her God. hands and things like that. I'm not even sure exactly what it was, but lots of lots of silly things like that. They kind of smile at each other until they get in the car to head to Rabat, which is his hometown. Yeah, that's it. We just had one little scene with them. So yeah, um, I don't know. We were talking offline before we started about how you how uh, you kind of found this whole thing endearing. Uh, yeah, I don't know. There's just something about them. They're like just too artsy free spirit types and i don't know to me they just kind of make sense uh they're the same brand of different yeah i mean they are both and you said it before too they're both cheesy as hell oh like, they both are yeah <laughs> and so that does kind of match up like his poetry is so cheesy yes it's just absolutely cheese and she is just She's eating up that cheese. Eating up that cheese. Like she it's her last meal. It. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't know, but I, I just don't know. I don't know the lack of kissing. I don't I just I, I don't know, but he seems all that into her physically. Like I think he's mostly into somebody who thinks his poetry is great. And he's yeah, like, Yeah, I like but that. That's hard to say, right? Because we always have this issue in Kind of like For those sure. Muslim countries, like yeah. public displays of affection are highly discouraged, if not 
illegal in certain like contexts, like depending on the relationship status of these people. So, you know, like I don't necessarily see that as, oh, he's automatically not physically attracted to her. At the same time, I think that a lot of these situations, certainly uh, Danielle Muhammad come to mind where you use your religion or culture to kind of mask the fact that you (laughs) really are not physically attracted to them. Right. And it's easier to kind of fly under the radar by using that as an excuse. So am I saying he's not physically attracted to her? I have no idea, but I, I think it could go either way. Uh, yeah, I think I think we'll have to see where it goes. I think the obviously the most um, – the biggest conflict we have at least right now is that marriage timeline. She shows up yes. being like, I want to be married in a month. He was like, I'm not actually com- ready to be committed to marrying right now. <laughs> like yeah, because time. I can also see him being a free spirit about love in general, right? Like he's that cheesy about romance, like – Maybe he wants to be open to more romantic experiences than just Debbie. I mean, he's young enough where I can't imagine he's had that many relationships. Yeah, well, especially how he kind of, you know, says he doesn't really fit in, like in yeah. kind of his culture because of his, mm-hmm. you know, English language poetry that that he does and stuff. And he does have that free spirit beat of a different drummer quite type thing, right. which is why he ended up with Debbie. Right. Yeah, I think I need to see more of them together, like living their day to day life. Right. Not just blowing smoke up each other's asses because they're like they just. Right. That's what I mean. The googly guy, the googly eyes. They're like, oh, my beautiful sprig of angel. Yeah. 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 no, no, No more of that. Well, let's go to another couple that's actually keeping it pretty real, maybe a little too real. That's Chris and Jamie. So Chris and Jamie are shopping for furniture for their apartment. Chris says that she feels like she feels like she's at home with Jamie, but thinks their apartment needs a little help. They're finding out that they have very different styles. Jamie likes modern minimalism and Chris likes things that are very colorful and loud, just like her and her fairy skirts. As they were relaxed on the bed, Chris tells Jamie that her mom told her she's needed for a lawsuit over the theft of a rare motorcycle. Chris had planned to sell the bike to fund their life in Columbia, but, uh, you know, it was actually stolen. And Chris is hoping that if she's at the trial, that she can somehow retrieve some money. But that means that they're going to have to change their wedding date because Chris has to go back. Jamie is worried, sad, and hopeless that Chris has to leave so quickly. And she brings up being nervous about, you know, having a repeat of Chris ghosting her. Chris then brings up, uh, you know, why she goes to Jamie for her birthday, it ends up. And it was because she was feeling overwhelmed. Jamie is worried that she might not come back just like she disappeared before. Later, Jamie wants to talk about Chris's potential trip back, but Chris doesn't want to worry about it until they have answers whether or not the trial is going through. Chris is in a lot of pain that day, so she's not really interested in doing much, and she tells Jamie so. Chris is worried that her ailments are pushing Jamie away, so she ends up forcing herself to go out on an outing. In the car ride, Chris is laying down on Jamie's lap and begins to cry out of pain. Chris then says she can't get out of the car because she's just in too much pain. Jamie tells the cab driver to go back so that they can call the doctor. 
Jamie has never seen someone in so much pain, so now she's a bit panicked. Chris is sobbing in bed, and Jamie is also crying because she doesn't know what to do other than call a doctor. A doctor comes by to do a physical exam. The doctor gives her a shot to relax her muscles, and the doctor then tells her that if she doesn't get the surgery that Chris said that she needed, she's just gonna be in chronic pain. Jamie is worried that, you know, she will need to get the surgery soon, which then derails a lot of plans because it means that she'll have to be back in Alabama for a year while she's recovering. All right, so... What do you think that Jamie thinks at this point? Like, nah, you are too broken. I don't want to deal with all this shit. Or, okay, I love you. We're going to get through all these mounting challenges. Yeah, it, I mean, it sounds like she's getting more and more. It's like, oh, no matter what happens, there's going to be another thing that is a huge big deal and a huge right. obstacle for us. Yeah. Right. And I mean, it's not Chris's fault that she's injured or her motorcycle got stolen or that she right. seems to have awful luck with everything because she's got yes. like five different things. It is her fault that Jamie keeps finding out about them one day at a time right. after she moved there and promised to marry her, right? Yeah. It does seem like a bit like, wow, you just lied to me about like what your life is like, yeah, right? And you know, maybe, maybe it would have made her an asshole to say like, listen, I can't deal with that. That's too much for me to deal with. You could say she's a jerk, but I think it's pretty jerky to not let somebody know up front like what they're going to have to be dealing with to be with you. Right. It it does make me wonder why Chris decided to move uh, to be with Jamie rather than the other way around. Because I get that Jamie has a job, but Jamie doesn't have kids that we know of. Um, Jamie doesn't have like – you know, all these things that are kind of keeping her in Columbia, you know, whereas Chris has an impending lawsuit. She has her grown children. You know, she has, uh, you know, potential surgery coming up where she's going to need like American health care, you know. So it's just like I don't understand why they decided that Chris was going to move over to Jamie rather than the other way around. I mean, I assume visa issues because mm-hmm. Jamie – remember, Jamie's not even from Colombia. She's from Venezuela. Oh, And is like right, right. on like a refugee like visa or whatever from Venezuela. I would think that would be easier because wasn't that whole like – uh, Guillermo. Kara and Guillermo had kind of a similar situation. Yeah, but Kara has her stuff way together more than Chris does. Oh, God, that's true. <laughs> um, and so I don't I, – and so I, I just assumed it was it was visa issues, right? Um, about getting that that changed over and uh, having the passport and everything like that. And it was kind of like, well, you know, we can wait six months to a year to see if you can get a, a visa to come here or I can just go down there now, right? Yeah. And I think especially after all the ghosting and whatnot that Jamie was like, if you don't come down here now, I don't think you're ever coming down here. Yeah, and I can see that too as in like you need to prove that you're into it because I have my doubts that you're that into it if you're just going to randomly ghost me. Right. Especially randomly ghost me the last time you were supposed to come down here. Yeah. Right? On my birthday, which on my birthday. that's pretty shitty. Yeah. And it's one of those things and it's like she, she just tries to pull – I have numerously times apologized for ghosting you and it's like eh, mm. it's still pretty bad. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty traumatic, especially because you can't even say she did it once. Right. She's done it a couple of times. And what I think is kind of interesting too is that you know her reason for it 
and I get it, but also it's, I think, indicative of a bigger problem is like she said, oh, like, I just felt overwhelmed. It's like overwhelmed because you had a lot of things going on. You're overwhelmed because of like the commitment you were, you know, felt like you were in. But either way, that's not good for Jamie because life is overwhelming. So Chris is just going to want to withdraw and like. You know, Lay in the back of a cab. Right. Time. Yeah. And just be like, oh, well, you know, peace out to this relationship until I'm feeling better and then I'll like be present and back again. So it's just to me, it seems like this isn't the type of person you really want to be your support system. Yeah. I mean, and I, 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 I kind of get it from Jamie's, but it's all of a sudden when Jamie has reason to be mad at her, well, you're going to go back to Alabama now. I like, know, oh, right? I'm going to push back our wedding. And then. The next day, and I'm like, uh, yeah, it's kind of hard to hard to swallow. The next day, she's so incapacitated by pain that she that now everything has to be about her. And yeah, like, and and you can't even talk about how we can't talk about that that upsetting thing you said yesterday or that right. thing that's happening now. Well, do you think know. that it's somewhat um, psychosomatic? Then I think it could be. I do. I I I, I mean, I've had I, I I've definitely had. I mean, I have bulge disc in my back, and I know how that can go. But I know that it's one of those things that you take care of kind of daily and mm-hmm. you can like usually feel it coming on and like there are days every once in a while that it just is like, wow, that kicked my ass and, it, and yeah. it, I couldn't deal with it. I could deal with it but you know. Um, but the doctor's right. It's like it, it, he, she can either get the surgery or learn to live with the pain and what she's doing right now is not learning to live with the pain. Yeah, like, right. It's completely succumbing to the pain. Right. right. Like you're curled up in a literal ball and like crying. Yes. Yeah. And that's – that's and, and, and if I saw somebody like that, I was like, OK, well, you need to get this surgery and you need to get it soon. Like now. This is not something we can put off for five years while you do this. Is this going to happen every uh, three days a week? Then no, you need to get that surgery. Yeah, because like, even the way she talked about it, she was just like, well, when it gets bad enough, then it's like, well, that, yeah, <laughs> are we there yet? Like – this seems bad enough, right? Shouldn't you be getting the surgery now? Right, right. And 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 then I think you just complicate that. I don't know, just every the way Chris describes things, I always feel like we're missing part of his story. And the one that I don't know, just just got my hairs up and I don't can't even pinpoint why is the way she kept saying, "Well, you know, the thief broke in and stole my rare motorcycle." Like, yeah. Like, it seems like a, it, just, it just struck me as a weird way to frame it. Not like my expensive motorcycle or my antique motorcycle. She was just like the rare motorcycle. It sounded like somebody filled in the blanks of what did they steal? A rare motorcycle. Yeah. <laughs> the way she kept I, only I referred know. to it as like – and like even when she was talking to her mom, she's like, oh, yeah, mom, you know the guy who stole my rare motorcycle? <laughs> yeah. It, it's very weird. Um, she – is saying that she could get fifty thousand, like it was worth fifty thousand. It's like, all well, right. Cer- there's certainly motorcycle collectors' motorcycles that are worth fifty thousand dollars, right? Yeah. There's cars that are worth hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars because oh, they're collectors' I'm not items. That, so yeah. I'm just like, eh. I mean, not to say like to poo poo on fifty thousand dollars, but it's just like, all right. Well, I mean, if it's her, as that's... rare as you say, I would think it would be more than fifty thousand. Yeah, I yeah. So it, it can't. You're right. It can't be. That particularly rare. Fifty thousand is a lot, but it's not like it's not like a million dollars for a car. Right, like that, right, right. So that's why I was like, "That's rare." All right, 
I mean, I saying as someone who knows nothing about motorcycles, but fifty thousand yeah. doesn't seem like super unreasonable. No, but right? it's, it does seem like if they were if you went to some rare motorcycle auction, like yeah. fifty thousand would be one of the lower bikes that got sold at the auction, right? Right, right. I'm like, I feel like if I could afford it, like on like a you know a loan or something, that's got to be reasonable. Yeah, I mean, I mean, a new motorcycle doesn't cost anywhere near fifty thousand dollars, but. Mm-hmm. I guess you could. I don't know. I, I don't know anything about motorcycles either. So maybe yeah. maybe I should go. All right. <clears throat> so let's move on. I want to talk about Danielle and Johan. So we see Danielle who's alone in her hotel room and still mad about what she describes as Johan's half story about his pregnant ex-girlfriend. Or I, not, I would say ex-girlfriend. Woman, he got pregnant. <laughs> so she's like I said, she's by herself because Johan stayed with his parents following their fight. Which upsets her greatly because that's not how husband and wives are supposed to act. They need to resolve things, which I think is what he's trying to do. Anyway, he does come the next morning to try to fix things. So he says he wants a chance to help tell his side of the story. And his side of the story is that he was the one that was lied to for a long time. Like she told – the woman had told him it was a miscarriage even though she had had an abortion and he didn't find out until much later. And he was like – it was difficult for him and he just didn't want that to be – Kind of public knowledge more or less. So she lectures about – lectures. then she just like lectures him about what she did, what he did. Well, I tell you what. You cannot do those kind of things and he just – whatever she says, he's just like, yeah, OK. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, OK. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. So he says that uh, maybe I should be more clear so that we understand each other better. So she thinks that progress was made but he still has a lot of work to do to make this relationship work. So, but at least – he did enough to get her to come cuddle with him on the couch. Um, so let's go with hers. Is he the only person that needs to do work to get this relationship going? The no. way she said? <laughs> no. I mean, okay, so I don't know if you know anything about this, but there have I, I wanna say it was in a celebrity tabloid that she went bankrupt. Yeah, I've heard that. Somewhat it was but it was bankrupt and also like from like um, like unpaid tolls. Yeah, like, yeah. some <laughs> absurd amount of unpaid tolls. Which yeah. it's New York. I get it. Like, no, I don't get it. I looked at it. I know how much did you do. You know how many times you have to cross the George Washington Bridge before you get that many tolls? Well, <laughs> no, like, no, no. But I'm saying, like, it's one of those things where it's like, oh, but if you don't pay it, right? Yeah, it's, it's, you it's get mostly late fines fees upon for, late yeah, yeah, fees, yeah. and they're kind of absurd. So I, I get it. You know, and I think it's like tolls and parking tickets, I want to say. so. Well, parking tickets definitely adds it, especially like, I don't know. Tolls is like you have an easy pass. It auto replenishes. I don't Mm -hmm. understand. It's fine. Right, right. So, I mean, obviously she has some work to do as well. She's not a perfect individual. I think to always put it on him, sure. Uh, But I do also feel like he just doesn't really he isn't opened well okay maybe both of them are like this neither of them are really open to change no changing themselves working on themselves no absolutely she's well she would say that she is but she's not interested in working she's worried on on working on her own spiritual practice and things like that she's not worried about like how can i be a better partner to my to my husband she's like no how can he be a better partner to me i'm i'm doing everything i need to do yeah I think the bigger issue is like for them both, right? I feel both of them are just making poor life decisions. 
and not ones that are really setting them up for a stable, carefree future as the, you know, it seems like they want to have. Um, and but I think like she's kind of putting it on him like, well, he's the one making these bad decisions and not really taking responsibility for how what she does contributes to their future. Yeah. I mean, it's just but he is just he is frustrating to me in terms of like, does he want the future? I don't think he has any kind of clear conception on what his he wants his future to be. No, he just no, is like, he doesn't. What can I do to – I think rich. he does and that he wants to be in America. He wants to be rich in America. Yes. Right? Yes. And he thinks it just like, OK, this is my chance. Hitch, hitch my wagon to this and it will just happen. Yeah. Right? I can go sell my meat in America and whatever. I'll be – Oh, gosh. I don't think I'll he actually good. wants to be a butcher in America. <laughs> I no, I think I, – I mean he seems to not understand fully many, many things. Right. Including that being a butcher in America is not the key to riches and fame. So you're like, whatever, you, any job in America and you're rich. Who cares? I'll do whatever. Right? Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> Ridiculous. But I, I don't know. They're just the two of them, I, and I've said this before this season, like they just should not be together. No, they shouldn't. They shouldn't. No. They, they both want to kind of force the person into the, a relationship that the other person's not trying to have. Right. Right. Yeah, speaking of people who shouldn't be together, let's talk about Nicole and Mahmood. So Nicole is struggling to get the stove lit and she's having a hard time getting adjusted with the home in general. So with Mahmood's help, she is able to get the stove lit. Nicole says she converted to Islam, but she is having doubts about the religion and wants to talk to Mahmood about it, but wants to wait for the right time. They're going to Mahmoud's uncle's house because he is in the clothing business. And Nicole wants to start a family business making clothes that are modest and to her style. Mahmoud suggests that she cover her hair and Nicole says she will never do that again. Mahmoud says maybe in time she will. Then they start to bicker over how Nicole dressed when she was in L.A. And Nicole says it was hot there so she would wear short sleeves. Mahmoud claims that she never did that and she always wore a jacket when they were on video chat. He gets mad and says he will never change his mind, so why did she promise that she was going to dress a certain way? And Nicole says that if he doesn't want to be with her, then why did he ask her to come back to Egypt? Mahmoud is done talking because he's not going to change his mind. And he says that he's probably not the right person for her and he storms off. And Nicole is left in the house with his mom. Nicole starts packing up because it seems clear to her that he doesn't want her, but some idealized version of her. Mamu tells us that he leaves usually in order to avoid having a freak out. He comes back and asks if she's ready to go to his uncle's house like nothing happened. And she asks, what's the point? And says she's packing up to go home. Mahmoud says that she never followed through with her promises. And Nicole says that he never wants to compromise. He says that he's changed his mind a lot to be with her, including accepting her not wearing a hijab and not praying. Nicole thinks that giving up her life back home was a gesture that she really does love him and wants to make it work. Mahmoud is worried that he can never make her happy. Nicole says that he told her to leave, so that's why she's trying to leave to go back. She thinks he's playing these weird games. Mahmoud starts to walk away because he doesn't want to fight. And as soon as the name calling happens, Mahmoud leaves. Uh, Nicole says that she's had enough. All right. So 
uh, I am confused why these people are still together. But, yes, I'm so uh, confused. What is going on here? Like, did she promise something after she went back on her original promise? Okay, because this is my understanding. She promised him before they got married that she would be a traditional and religious wife and she would follow all the rules. She would wear the hijab and then she would, you know, be covered up. And she made that promise to him. And then when it really came down to it, as she says, she got too hot. She doesn't feel like she's expressing herself. And so her compromise is I will stay covered up, but I'm not wearing the headscarf anymore. Yes. I mean, that seems like what it was in order to come back. But then they seem to argue about where she would stay covered up. Uh-huh. That's what it seemed like it was It was an issue. It was like, oh, well, we're back in the States. I'll wear short sleeves. And he was like, no, you won't. Oh, yeah. Like, right? And that that that's what the fight was about. Because – so I guess at the end of the day, like, they're in agreement on some things. But I don't know. It seems like he was even trying to get her to wear the headscarf again. And she was – Yeah. She, I mean, he seemed he was very clear on, I am not compromising over your clothes. Right. And she was like, I am not compromising over the headscarf. And they yes. don't seem to understand that the headscarf is part of the clothes. <laughs> like, right. <laughs> right. I almost want to say that he wants her to wear it to his uncle's house, is my guess, out of a sign of respect for his family members and his elders, right? Because he would consider his uncle an elder. For sure. So, I mean, if that's part of it, I feel like he needs to communicate that. Like, when we're with my family in an elder situation, you have to wear it. It's disrespectful if you don't. And then that should have been kind of made. If she said, I'm never wearing that headscarf again, he was like, okay, 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 fine. That was a lie. Right. He was like, there were situations where he still wants her to wear it. Right. And which right. is what I'm saying. Like, he should have communicated that. Right. And not now, not the day before, not when they're about to leave for their uncle's house. Oh, right, right. Yeah. Right. That was, that's a, something that would have, should have been established before she came back. Sure. Like, when she would still have to wear the headscarf to yeah. give her even a chance to say no. Because, I mean, I don't know, what about the hijab, man? She hated that more yeah. than anything else. Like, that seemed to be the worst. And <laughs> I don't know. I just, it, it, it's hard for me and I know it's different cultures and different things. But like him screaming at her because he was like, no, like pointing to his forearm where her sleeves were allowed to go down to. Yeah. While he's wearing like short, like capped arm sleeves. And I was like, right. this is ridiculous. Like I feel like that would be my inclination. It would be like, fine. You want me to cover up? Great. You cover up too. Right. I don't want to see your arms. Your arms yeah. are too sexy for the other women to see. I don't want to see them. <laughs> like and if you're – and if you're that committed to it, then – if you, if you want it that bad, then that's something you could do. Yes. Right? Like you have to understand the discomfort I have because right. it's hot. And if he goes, that's not part of my culture, you can be like, well, me covering up is not part of my culture. So let's both right. do something that's outside of our cultural norms. And yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if there's really much to say about them because, you know, I think we all are in agreement that these people just don't seem – to want to compromise. And I mean, yes. and I'm not saying either one is right. They both have valid reasons to their side. But if you're unwilling to compromise, then what is the point? And I don't think missing each other or, you know, being in person together is really 
changing the other person's mind. No, and I think, but I think part of the, I think their biggest issue is I think they both think they are willing to compromise. They're just not willing to compromise this one thing. And they're both being stubborn about this one thing. Right. Right. And there's lots of like, I would let you do this or this or this or this, but don't ask me about the clothes anymore. Right. Right. Yeah. Is what is the way he is. And she's like, well, I'm willing to do this and move to India and blah, 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 blah. But don't make me wear a, you know, big sheet that doesn't, that doesn't let me express myself. And right. it's like, well, you both picked the same hill to die on. So like, there's no way this can move forward. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So let me ask you a question before I start my last one. Gosh. How much did you want to know about trans men's penises? This was incredibly fascinating <laughs> to me. And I was like, what? show are we watching right now? It was a very different show. A very very informative medical show about trans men's penises. Yes. And you know what I thought was, I thought it was actually really somewhat endearing that it was coming from Gabe because there was something like just really sweet about how it was embarrassing for him, you know, and he was kind of like, oh, God, mom, don't pay attention, you know, like because he he just knew. And it was yeah, it was a little TMI, um, but like in an informative way where it's like, well, I wouldn't have known this if it weren't for the show. And I guess it's like no, interesting I think, enough. I think they took I think they took the opportunity to kind of guess what a lot of people's curiosities would be. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. And to deal with it. And, I, and and the fact is, is these two people are such likable people that it they made are. it like what, much more bearable. All right, they so let's, <laughs> let's go into it. So Gabe is very excited because he's going to a plastic surgery today to see about getting his top surgery done. So he said that back in Florida, he had a really bad time getting it done because he went to the doctor and the doctor's like, why do you need top surgery? You're not trans. And <laughs> – he ended up backing out of the surgery because he wasn't trying to deal with a doctor that like didn't believe him when he – like he had to go through and be like, no, here's my like scars and my like ID cards and my DNA sample. I'm trans um, and wasn't trying to deal with a doctor who didn't believe him. So uh, Isabel says that she loves the way he looks now but obviously it's his body and he should do whatever makes him happy. So they go to talk to a doctor who says this is actually only the second transgender patient he's ever seen but – I mean, he seems to know what he's talking about, though, because they extensively talk then about uh, like in, with his history, they talk about his bottom surgery, which came with complications due to like nerve issues and also urethra issues. It actually sounded awful. Like, just yeah, a it really time. did. Sounded super painful. Yeah. So the whole hit, the whole bottom surgery, it was actually ended up being three separate surgeries that he had to get done. And the doctor then. You know, asks if he's had an implant that would allow allow him to have an erection. Uh, but he Gabe says he's not interested in that because it's more risks of complications. And um, really, you know, what he has gets the job done anyway. So the doctor mentions typically top surgery comes first, usually because it's generally the easier surgery. But Gabe says that because his breasts were small already and it, he didn't really feel like he needed to get done. And also he's worried about scarring because he has a body type that scars very easily. So doctor, you know, has him stripped down and he kind of looks at looks at what's going on and traces the lines and been like, this is what I'll take out. This I'll do that. So the doctor looks at his previous scars and warns him that, yeah, it's it, probably going to be some scarring similar to the ones, some of them on his leg. So now Gabe is a little bit in the air about it, and especially because the price tag is also about $3,000. So later on, we see them – we see Gabe and Isabel in a cafe discussing things and by things, I mean – his bottom surgery. <laughs> so he's undecided about this, the, doing the top surgery be, because talking to the doctor 
really had him run through all the issues that came up with the bottom surgery. And he was like, that was bad. I don't want to do that again. He's glad he had it done, but it was a very big ordeal. So, um, however, the weird part that Isabel has some confusions because at this point they've had sex. And so she's very confused when she was like, you know, Gabe mentioned that he can't have erections, right? Mm. Um, because that didn't seem to be an issue. So he talks about that and how, how kind of the way they constructed even without the surgery because they used um, material from his leg. It's kind of semi-rigid all the time and also apparently really big. <laughs> so he tries to explain how the erection surgery would – you know, the, the, what they would have to insert in order for that to work would actually make it like you know, a little bit more rigid and a little bit bigger. And uh, he also tried to say this all through a translator app that seemed to imply that he was going to be cooking with it. So oh God. They both got that translator that. app, I was like, it must be the egg. And I was like, oh, no, it's not his. It's his phone. The phone did a hilarious, a couple of hilarious substitutions. It said something about like it, it said something about stickers instead of like clit or something. It yeah. was it was. <laughs> and then it said he was cooking with his penis. It was very it was very, uh, very funny. <laughs> yeah. But they both took it in stride. And she was like, I know what you mean. Um, so. And then she kind of talks, you know, talks about how he felt about the surgery. And he said, when he first got the surgery done, he was a little freaked out because he thought it looked ugly. But then Isabel was like, well, don't worry about that. The whole penises are ugly. It's not a problem. <laughs> nobody, nobody likes them. So he also talks about um, he, how he was really scared the first time he had sex. But he likes things the way they are now. So she also has one more question. Um, what about like ejaculation? Because she's like. I know that happens. And so he explains to her that it's really not semen like she kind of thought because, you know, trans men can't make that. But it's a, he says the same stuff that comes out of you is what he told her. So I think we'll be done talking about penises for the rest of the year. But um, Gabe um, doesn't want to talk about um, penises with her parents. So any questions that they have, he feels that Isabel now has enough information that she can field those questions. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, definitely. Oh, goodness. Uh, I, I can safely say I don't have questions after I think they thoroughly, um, they, they did. And it was, went through I, I mean, it. it I, I, I did like that. They more or less just straightforward. It was like, all right, we're going to, we're, we're just going to talk. We're just going to find an excuse and just go through, just try to plow out everybody's questions. And I, <laughs> I, I think I say plow out cause it was, I did skip the part where she was like, where he was like, well, if I got the insert, it would be, if I got the erection thing, it would be bigger. And she was like, oh no, I want to live. Let's not do that. Yes. Oh my God. That was so hilarious. That and uh, when he was describing the different types of implants, the one with the inflatable balls. Yeah. Where you like, uh, you squeeze the balls and it like pumps it up. And it was funny because me and my partner were talking about it. We we're like, oh, it's like those uh, Reebok like pump up shoes. That's more or less what it is. It's like it's like an air tube in there. Yeah. And there's like a little air pump that they like hide in the in the, in, in the, uh, you know, in the scrotum. And you like hit it and goes. And, like, I know. Pumps it up. I told like, my partner, I was like, I wish it really did work like that. <laughs> Do you though? I don't know. I, I, I guess it. I guess for some for for depends on the guy, huh? <laughs> I guess it's just. I don't know. It seems to me it would be easier that way. <laughs> I don't know. It, it's it's not that much different. I don't think. <laughs> like just you know, kind of touch down here for a while and then it's good. Like you're fine. Yeah. So um. Yeah. It was very informative. Uh, I appreciate that the Learning Channel was finally. Giving us a little learning 
Um, Right. Yeah. It was uh, educational. And you're right. These are likable people. And so I don't know. I just keep on waiting for the shoe to drop. And I really hope it doesn't. The more, you know, we see of them. Because mm-hmm. I do, I like both of them. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I just, I, I think it's a little weird, and I get the impression that a lot of trans people think it's weird how many questions people have about their genitals, because it's not like you know, it's not like if I see another person around, right? right? And I guess it's because it's atypical. It's it mostly because it's atypical. But if I see another person around, it's not like I'm like. I wonder what's going on with their genitals. <laughs> right. <laughs> that doesn't come into my head ever. Like if I see someone who I assume is a cis woman or I assume is a cis man, I'm never like, I wonder what their penis looks like. Like that's not <laughs> really a thought that I have when I'm just going through the world. So why would I why would I necessarily look at a trans person and be like, I wonder what their genitals look like? It does seem a little weird. I don't think it's like the whole what does it look like. I'm sure that is part of the question, right? But I think it's a lot of like, well, how does one come up with parts that didn't exist before, right? I I mean, I definitely am fascinated by it as like an engineering challenge. Like how do we (laughs) we make this? This is like – this is wild. Right, right. So I think that's like people's biggest question, right? Like how do you make something from nothing or how do you – I don't turn know. this I into that. How do you turn way. this into that? Right? Yeah. That, that how do you tuck it, it in? I guess like yeah. yeah. And so and yeah and it and and it is when you do it. I'm like man, it's like these those are just the kind of things that medicine is like. Wow, these people are really smart. Like they he was like they they take the leg yeah like, you know skin and then connect the nerves from the previous genitals to that. I was like that is but that wildly is sophisticated. So- what bad luck that his one leg didn't have enough nerves and so they had to do it to the other leg. I'm like, oh. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's that, that's that's crazy. It's, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean. That's pretty I, I, bad I, luck. Oof. It is pretty bad luck. It is pretty bad. And I think this is the appropriate amount of time to talk about it because at the end of the day for this story, mm-hmm. right, Gabe's genitals don't matter, right? Right, right. As long as everybody's happy with them. He's happy with them. She's happy with them. That that's all that matters, right? Like, good. yeah. And and there's other things that I would like to move on to, and I kind of feel like, oh well, I just want to say one thing about the doctors, right? Uh-huh. Two, I made two things about the doctors. One, the doctor that couldn't tell that Gabe was born a, a girl. It was like, I don't know, Gabe. I, I get that you're insulted and you don't trust this doctor, but I mean that should say something about like. You know, your masculinity, I guess. Uh, he should – the doctor should have known like yeah. in that, you know, when they strip down – yes, that you're – wow, you even fooled the doctor is yeah. that kind of a thing. But like the doctor should know what the leg scars look like, right? Right, right. OK, and that was the other thing. The second thing, it would terrify me to be the patient of a doctor who's like, this is my second time doing this. It's like, oh, God, no. <laughs> Please, I need <laughs> well, an experienced okay. doctor. So, uh, but the thing is, okay, this is this this, this for the top surgery. Mm-hmm. It's way more common because, like, I don't think it was his second time doing a mastectomy. It was his second time doing a mastectomy on a trans man. Sure, right? And they're, they're, I'm sure he's done breast reductions and and you know people like I've I don't know you I've known I've known women who have like histories of breast cancer and mm-hmm. they're just like nope, do it now, take them yeah. off now, yeah. right? And so I'm sure that that's. I'm sure I'm I'm positive that he's done that before. But yeah, he that doctor seemed 
wildly well informed for somebody who was like, I've only had one other trans patient. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Very professional. But, but yeah. still, I was like, I don't know about that. <laughs> All right, uh, let's talk about Jen and Rishi. So Jen goes to a fitness class taught by her friend Deer. Yesterday was painful because she found out that Rishi's family has been trying to match him for over two years now. There's a lot of exaggerated laughing and chanting in this fitness class. Uh, Jen then talks to Deer after the class is over. She admits that she's cried on his shoulders a few times. Jen asks if it makes sense that Rishi has been hiding their engagement. And Deer says no. That doesn't make any sense. Rishi should claim her. Jen asks if it's an American thing to want to do everything for your spouse. And Deer doesn't really answer her, but he asks what she wants. Jen asks if they will accept her, and Deer says it depends on Rishi. He says that Indian moms may be upset and maybe cry a little, but if the son insists that this is who they want, then they'll go along with it eventually. Deer says marriage is about security, and Jen seems so insecure right now. Jen is planning on having a talk with Rishi to get straight answers out of him. Rishi then comes over later uh, with a kite to participate in the kite festival. It's a family tradition, and Rishi thinks it's a nice cultural event to share with Jen. Jen asks about the family and how much time it will take for them to get to know her, in quotes. Mm -hmm. Rishi thinks the meeting went well based on his mom's reaction. Jen then brings up that his family has been trying to set him up. She just wants him to be honest with her. Rishi says it's just talks and that everything is fine. Rishi says he won't have to meet with anyone they find for him. He says his family says that they would back off if Rishi tells them to. Rishi believes that if he tells his parents he wants to marry Jen, that they will accept it because he's getting older and, you know, the options aren't there. So, you know, Jen's fine. Jen thinks that if they're going to accept it anyway, why are they even waiting to tell his family? And Rishi says that they need time for them to get to know Jen because he wants her to move into the family home with all of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Jen doesn't really want to move in with his parents because it's just not practical. And Rishi thinks they should just visit another joint family, you know, so she could, you know, see how they live and be a wife in training. So they're on their way to Rishi's friend's house when Jen asks about this wife training, as he calls it. Rishi says it's more like learning about living in a joint family household. Rishi says that other Indian girls are used to it, so they don't need to do wife training. But Jen isn't familiar with this, so that's why she needs to go. Jen is actually offended that Rishi uh, thinks that she needs training. Uh, His friend's wife, Sita, is planning on making Jen do all the work for their training session. Jen asks Rishi to come into the kitchen to help translate, but Rishi says that men can't walk in between a group of women, so he has to hang out outside the kitchen and kind of yell in translations. Jen likes that there are places men can't go. Jen tries on an Andi and a Bindi, and then Rishi thinks it looks very pretty on her. Rishi is translating from outside of the kitchen as they're making tea. Sita tells her that she will need to wake up at 4 o'clock in the morning to make tea for the family. The women tell her that everything they do is traditional, so men need to be served first. When asked if she's willing to do all of this for her husband, Jen says that everything is up in the air, so she doesn't really know. Jen is realizing that they might not be on the same page. Jen says that serving Rishi's family is not the life she wants for herself because 
you know, she's educated. She has two master's degrees. This isn't what she was trying to do. Be a stay at home mom or a stay at home wife, I should say. All right. So um, do you think that they are on the same page that this will lead to marriage? Does I mean, Rishi's also educated. I feel like he's got to appreciate that about Jen, even though he's kind of doing his own fitness thing now. Yeah, but I mean, she has other fitness people too, so that's a little weird. I know. Um, I thought that was also weird. Like, how is this dear guy your friend? Yeah, it's like it was like cause they they met like when she was there to date Rishi before. Yeah, and then she started doing that fitness class, even though Rishi is a fitness instructor. I was very confused about how this. All I happened. know. I was like, is this your backup? I kind of got that vibe, you know. But they are a hundred percent not on the same page, and like I don't see. Anyway, this works because I definitely don't see her being like, let me sit down here and, and make sure your uncle is served every morning by getting up at 4 a.m. and making chai. I know, like, right? I, no 4 way. She's not doing that. She's not yeah. doing that. Yeah. And like the idea that he kind of thought she would do that is kind of absurd. Right. Like, like and so I don't I, – I don't see how this goes far except, you know, they just – it seems like it seems like this is the people that were – they're trying to – build a meaningful relationship or pretend there was a meaningful relationship who's mm-hmm. somebody they were just super physically into. Yeah, it seems to me that, you know, this is all very easily replaced with technology. Can't they get a programmable like uh, a <laughs> chai yeah. maker or something that like programs it for four in the morning if that's really what time they need chai made? I, but I don't even think like that was the thing because he talked about it being – Traditional. It's all about the tradition and the tradition. And you can't just set an alarm. You have the the tradition is that you get up. And what I appreciate is that you got up and put this labor into it. That's that's the thing that goes into it. Is like it's just it's so different than anything she's ever been a part of. That like the idea that she could just go into this and not be like super resentful over. He's like, yeah, give up everything you did so I can go out and you know. I mean, that's really what he's asking her to do is go. I want you to get married. You can live in my house and serve my extended family while I go out and, you know, work with hotties about yeah. working, <laughs> be a personal trainer for some hotties and do like hot yoga. Like that, that this yeah. is not going to be, this is not going to work for somebody like Jen, who is, seems like a pretty jealous person anyway. Right. Also like this. Okay. There are a lot of things that I felt like, oh gosh, I don't think this is how it works at all. Right. Like, first of all, Deer saying like, oh, well, moms will like, you know, get upset and cry, but they'll accept you as long as, you know, the son is like, I was like, no, have you not seen Jenny and Summit? Like, he has been like holding down with Jenny and, and mom is still not changing her mind. Yeah. Deer did not seem to like comport with any of the people we've seen in India up till now. Like it's everybody, everybody else is like, oh, no, you have to do what your mom says. Right. What are you talking about? And he's like, no, mom will. Mom will come around. Mom, mom will learn to, to accept it. You should you should just go in there and assert yourself. That's the way right. you should do it. It's like, mm, I don't think that's going to win anyone over. The other thing is, is that I know they were kind of joking or Rishi was joking that his family thinks like he's, you know, getting old and up there. And so they're getting desperate. But I think in a way where it's like he they want him to be dating younger women because oh, for Jen's sure. not giving him a family if they're waiting to get married. Oh no, definitely not. Like and we we really haven't heard much about the pressure of the giving him a family thing. Yeah. As much as we heard the pressure was 
mom is stuck making the chai at 4 a.m. right now. <laughs> yeah. And she's done doing that shit and she needs him to get married so that his wife can make the chai at 4 a.m. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But I mean, I just I think there is going to be pressure about babies, too. I mean, it's. Yeah, probably. Cultural. Probably. And I mean, isn't that one of the biggest reasons? I, I mean, I feel like some its parents, like the two things that they really had the biggest issue. One, there's no children, which is why Summit decided to lie to them and be like, yeah, we're going to adopt without running it by Jenny. And right. then the other thing is, is that, you know, well, you have to take care of us in our old age. And how are you going to take care of us when you're taking care of your wife in her old age? So I feel like those are the two big things. And it's like, well, Rishi, your situation isn't much better. You're not. And I'm not saying Jen is super old because, I mean, we've had much older women on the show and even much more of an age difference. But at the same time, I don't think Jen's any eager to, like, have kids and take uh, yeah, care she of doesn't, you. She doesn't seem like somebody who wants to have kids, for sure. Right. Or um, take care of the elderly parents. She wants to live apart from you all. So it's like, yeah. those are she two like, major can we, things. Can we live down the street? What's going on, man? And they're always like, no, no. And, it's, and, like, just her kind of misreading of things, right? Mm -hmm. When, like, like, and he was like, oh, I can't come in because there's women and it's rude to come in between the women and the group. And she was like, aha, I like that. That sounds good. I like that there's places. And I was like, I don't think you're going to like the implications of it. Let's think two steps down the road. Right. It's going to be like, can you help me with this tea? Ooh, sorry. Sorry, can't I be in the kitchen. Can't, there's women in the kitchen. Yeah, ah, kitchen is not my place. There. Sorry. Yeah. I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, it's like she – and that's basically with everything she does. She like doesn't – she doesn't think like, OK, well, let's think one step beyond. Why would there be a rule that men couldn't be around women? It's like, oh, it's an excuse. They never have to do anything in the kitchen. OK. Right. <laughs> oh, poor dumb Jen. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it, things are not like going to go well for her. No. It doesn't look like – doesn't look like most of the couples things are going to go well for. But that's kind of – I would say before the 90s would be the worst in terms of people just being totally mismatched, right? But this is – the other way seems to be not much better. <laughs> I don't know how the track record is that much better. It's a little better in terms of – okay, I think the reason why before the 90 day is like such a shit show is because there is no actual commitment from these people, right? Right, Whereas, sure. you know, the other shows like 90 Day Fiance, it's like those people are engaged already to be married. Um, yes. These people – there is some kind of commitment for most of them or even marriage in other cases that are, you know, causing them to like move out of the country for their partners. But not all of them are engaged or married. And I think that's part of the reason why we got some before the 90 day shenanigans, especially because you have some of these yahoos who are deciding like, oh, I'm going to move out of the country and marry this person, even though I've never met them before. Yeah, right. Yeah. It, 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 we definitely have some people who are, yes, we're going to get married in nine days. We've never met before. Like, and we kind of see on this one, they're not even clear with it. We saw in the preview with Debbie and Osama, mm -hmm. like he's going to be like, okay, on the so same after, page. he's like, after two months, you're going home. Right. And she's like, what? No, I moved here. <laughs> what? <laughs> not even on, not even close to being on the same page. No, no. All right. So out of this group that you saw, who would you say is your student of the week? Uh, I said my student of the week was, I guess, Isabel. Just, I mean, oh, we feel like yeah. we go with her every week, but like she was super cute and she made me laugh, not at her. Right. But like she would, cause she was legitimately funny. Yeah. No, I want to live. I, yeah. I thought that was hilarious. Yeah. Um, I went with Jamie. Uh, she has to deal with a lot. 
Um, she didn't get upset that they, you know, went to their outing and then immediately had to turn around and come home. She called the doctor. She seemed real supportive, you know. Yeah, the supportive partner. Sure, sure. All right. What about your dunce? I went with Nicole. Yeah. Um, Just because I don't – they're both stubborn about it, but I feel like he really hasn't changed what he's been saying the whole time. Yeah. Right? And she keeps being like, but I thought – and he was like, why would you think that? He's literally been saying the same thing the whole time. Right. She's like, I'm just so confused about what I can wear. And it's like, why? He's literally been telling you the same thing. Like, And what especially got me about it and what especially was illustrative to me was when she couldn't light the damn stove. And he's like, I've shown you how to light the stove like 20 times. Right. How do you not know how to light the stove? She's like, it's just so confusing. And it's like, but it, it, it's not that complicated. Right, and right. Like, and we know that he's told you a bunch of times how to do it already. Yeah, you're clearly unwilling to learn. I actually went with Mahmood as my uh, dunce. Yeah. And it was just because, I mean, and both of them weren't good. I'm not saying they are, but I didn't like how he reacted you know, like, and I get that he wants to have distance and like not freak out, but I hate it when people, you know, they like have this like reaction, right? And then they leave and they come back and act like nothing happened. It's like, no, you need to address what the issue was. Otherwise, this is going to keep going over and over again. And I feel like that's what's been happening. They just like pretend everything's fine. And they're like stuck in this cycle of like, well, things really aren't fine because you never really resolved anything the first time. You just pretended like we moved on from it. But well, he, moving yeah, he, on he doesn't mean ignoring right. the problem. He just doesn't want to fight. I don't want to fight. Yeah. I want yeah. I want what I want. And I don't I just don't want to fight about it. I just want it to right. happen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I get it. Yeah. Okay, uh, what about your life lesson? So you, my life lesson is you can't take big questions for granted. Like, mm-hmm. And that is specifically at Jen and Rishi who just assumed that they wouldn't be living with his parents. And she yeah. he just assumed that she would know, obviously, we were going to live with my extended family. Like that's a definitely a discussion you need to have before – like big discussions like where will we live or am I allowed to wear sleeves right? <laughs> is – Something needs to be hashed out like beforehand. Yeah. Right. It's it's kind of like it, it, the equivalent is, and I've seen people do this who get married and then decide if they want to have kids. Yeah. It's like, I know, no, right? that's no, that's the wrong order for things, man. Yeah. Especially because nowadays, like uh, having kids is not necessarily automatic. Cause I mean, like back in the day, it's just like assumed everybody wanted to have kids and you, everybody at least tried to have kids. Right. Right, and what it's definitely people are in different parts, spaces of their life, and as mm-hmm. we get as as we're getting older, right? But and I think because I do think it is a little bit trickier if you get together with somebody in the twenties and you're both like, yeah, one day I'd like to have kids, yeah, and then it, when it seems so far in the future, but when you get to your late thirties and stuff, it's all like, oh well, no, if I mean have kids, I mean like now, yeah, like now is when the time for kids is, right, right. Uh, Okay, so my life lesson uh, was really for Chris. Like, you shouldn't just put off surgeries. And I really feel like that's what she's been doing. It's like if you if you think like you have a surgery in your future, like she's she already knows I'm going to have to have this surgery in the future. You need to have a serious conversation with medical professionals about the benefits of putting it off. Like, it really shouldn't be that thing where, oh, I don't want to take time out for recovery. Oh, I don't want to pay for it now. It's like, 
well, you're going to have to do these things eventually because, I mean, you're recognizing you have to have this surgery at some point. So what are the benefits of actually putting it off? Right. What are the And what are the costs to putting it off? Right. People like automatically assume that there's, oh, well, if I put it off, it, yes, it, it's not monetarily going to cost as much now, mm-hmm. but that doesn't mean there's no, you know, opportunity cost or anything that you lose from not having the surgery done earlier. And sometimes I've known people that did, sur- that did put off surgeries as long as they could. Yeah. You know, because they were like, you know, oh, well, whatever surgery we give you now, you're going to have to have again in 10 years. So, yeah. and so it's kind of like putting it off, putting both surgeries like off. But, I mean, for, but that's the cost benefit of it. Like, oh, well, if you have a surgery now, then you're going to have to have the other surgery sooner too. And here's other options. But yes, thinking about the costs and the benefits of inaction is generally a good life lesson. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, I know at some point in my life that I'm going to need hip surgery because I got a bum hip and I've had a bum hip since I was like in my mid twenties. It's one of those things where the minute that I'm just like, oh yeah, you know, oh, I probably should get this done. I'm getting it done. I'm not putting it off. I'm not going to be in pain like uh, Chris, you know, and like having it affect my life. And assuming now we have good health insurance again, because mm-hmm. that's also a thing, you know, whether yeah. you can actually legitimately afford it is an, is, is a different question, but yeah, it's, it's, it's like, well, why are you going to spend five extra years of your life in right. cr- excruciating pain? Yeah. Right? Get a new hip. I will. Ne- new knees too. I'll replace all my parts. I'll be bionic. <laughs> just, just a Terminator. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, okay. Uh, well, we will be back with this group next week, and maybe we'll see a little bit more of Debbie and Asama. I, I can only assume so. We right. saw so little of them this time. Yeah, really. Okay. Uh, so, we'll be back then. Until then. All right. Okay. Yeah. Bye. Bye. Bye.